There's some, there's some people, they want people to see the label in their, in their clothes. They want them to see whose name is on the bottom of their shoes. You know, I've seen some people that was broke. I, I, one time, me and Annie, we went to, we were living in Columbus at the time. We went to a fancy mall. They had a Saks Fifth Avenue there, and Annie was looking to buy something. I can't remember what she was going to buy, but we went to Saks. And when we went into Saks, I remember I was in there. I, I don't know how I was dressed. I, I, I don't put on airs, in case you haven't noticed. And uh, <laughs> now, I like nice suits. Don't get me wrong. But it's not the suit that makes a man, I'm telling you. That's okay to have nice things, as long as nice things don't have you. I am preaching. So we went to Saks. I see some of you like, some of you might think in your head, because if you said you went to Saks, you'd be trying to, you'd be trying to put on. But I'm not saying, we went to Saks because that's where what she wanted was. If it was Target, we'd have been at Target. We don't shop at Dollar General. I'm not knocking that. We just don't go there. I mean, sometimes I'll go in there and get a soda. But anyway, in Shawnee, because that's what's closest to the church. You know what I'm saying? But we're in there. And uh, when we came in, this woman walked by Annie. And I mean, just snooty and snobbed her. And she had her Louis Vuitton bag. And she was dressed to the nines. And boy, she looked like she just stepped out of a... A, a, a woman's fashion catalog. And I mean, she she just looked down at Annie. I mean, Annie and I, we went in there. I think, I think we may have just rolled out of bed. <laughs> but she had to get whatever, so we went. And uh, anyhow, uh, then security starts following me around. <laughs> well, listen, I love that because I like to mess with them, you know. I haven't started my message yet, by the way. I'm just kind of reviewing. So... <laughs> I went around, when, when I had security follow me, I'm touching everything, I'm picking stuff up, I carried around for a minute, I put it back, you know, I'm just driving them crazy, just driving them, putting my hands in my pockets. <laughs> Annie keeps telling me, don't do that, don't do that. So anyhow, we pay, and, and uh, the lady, the snooty lady, snobbed Annie several times in the, in the mall, and uh, we noticed she had left just before us. And I was like, what's her problem? Anyway, so uh, we, we left. Well, when we left, uh, I can't remember. Maybe you were even pregnant at the time. You may have, because we had him valet park the car for some reason. We didn't want to have to walk a long way. So we went out. We gave the valet our ticket. He brought around our car. Uh, I think at that time we were driving a, a Mercedes-Benz SUV around. And so they brought it around. And that's not to say we're high and lofty. Don't, that's not the deal. We, we bought a Mercedes-Benz because I had to live in it most of the time. <sighs> you don't buy, listen, you don't buy a Yugo when you have to be in it all the time. So anyway, we, we had this Mercedes, and so they bring it around. And uh, so we're driving on down one of the aisles to get out, and this car is smoking like a mosquito truck, man. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's, it's all beat up. It's got rust. There's rust and stuff coming out. And this person pulls out and cuts us off. You know who it was? It was that snooty woman with the Louis Vuitton bag. That woman was broke. 
her car was barely even together. And, but that's the way it was in Columbus. You'd go to Columbus, you'd see these people all fancy, and they'd get in a Yugo, drive away. They're trying to act the part. You know what? In, in, the, in the kingdom, you don't fake it till you make it. You don't it. You faith it. You get, you, get, you get out there in faith. You believe God. You don't put on airs. Are y'all hearing me today? So having, having wealth and being able to, to, to stick in the king is difficult, not impossible. Next verse. Man, should I, should I just skip this? Because, boy, I'm, I'm way off. Next verse. Disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them, uh, so he had to reiterate because they didn't understand him. Children, how difficult it is. uh, He said to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the uh, kingdom of God. Uh, It is easier for the camel to go through eye and needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom. Now, this uh, particular version of the Bible doesn't point out the... uh, what the King James, King James does, it says, how hard it is for those that trust in riches to enter the kingdom. In other words, Jesus was saying, you can't love money or trust money and get into the kingdom. You can be poor and have too much reliance on money. You can be poor and have too much reliance on money. You got to rely on God. Amen. And so, uh, anyway, we, so we'll leave the rest. So now, go to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. Verse 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to rely on you, Jess, and I'm just going to read these as you put them up. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, glory. It says this, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Look at someone and say, we have the mind of Christ. (laughs) So we're going to talk about revelation, and I know it, it took me a minute to, to do this uh, intro, so I'm, gl- I'm glad I didn't prepare too much today, because we're not going to get through too much more today. But revelation, God's thoughts are, so revelation, what is revelation? Um, um, I'm going to take you to another verse of scripture, and you can uh, put it up, Jess, it's in the book of, Eph- of Ephesians, and y'all are, y'all are familiar with these verses of scripture, Ephesians chapter 1. Paul prays a prayer over the church at Ephesus, and, um, and we've, we've talked about revelation before. How many of you understand what revelation is and what revelation is all about? Many of you do. I'm not talking about the book of Revelation. I'm talking about revelation knowledge or uh, the, the act of revelation. So let's, let's read this uh, verse of Scripture. It says, verse 15 of chapter uh, uh, 1 of the book of Ephesians, Paul prays a prayer over the church at Ephesus. He says, wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Say this with me. Say spirit of wisdom, spirit of wisdom. And, revelation. and revelation. So let me, I looked up this word revelation. I'm going to tell you what the Strong's, uh, I'm not, I can't, um, I can't really pronounce the Greek word, but the, uh, uh, the word revelation means this. This is the definition. Laying bare. Making naked. I know that sounds crazy, right? Revelation is when, when, when you see something for what it is. When it's open to you completely. 
when there's nothing veiling it, when there's nothing covering it. Uh, another definition is this, a disclosure of truth, instruction concerning things before unknown or used of events by which things or states or persons hitherto withdrawn from view are made visible to all. In other words, something that's been hidden that, that is now exposed. You get it? Uh, manifestation. Or the appearance. So that's what revelation is. Revelation is a manifestation or an appearance of something that was not seen at a previous time, not known at a previous time. And so uh, I, think, I think where the body of Christ mess, misses this most, and, and I, I pray to God that this has been happening to you. Even in this service right here, I've said some things that caused some of you to see things you've never seen before. That's revelation. When you see something, when something is revealed that's never been revealed to you on the subject of finance, as I've been talking on this subject of finance for the last several weeks, some of you, even though you know, you know what I believe and you've heard me preach on it before, I've been saying things that you've never heard me say before. And there have been some things that popped in you. When, listen, when y'all started talking to me last week saying, dude, when you start talking about merge... <laughs> And the connection with lack and the, and the, uh, and the uh, uh, covenant of marriage. I never knew that. I never heard that. I'd never seen that. Now I see it now, but I'd never seen that before. You know, uh, when we talked about the rich young, when we talked about eternal life. And that supernatural increase wasn't about money. It's about eternal life. It, it, start, it starts clear. That's revelation. Revelation is when, and, and revelation doesn't come as a result of, ooh, see, maybe I ought to talk in tongues more while I'm preaching. Maybe this will, maybe it'll help you. But what we have to understand is revelation isn't an exercise of the mind. Revelation is a commodity of the spirit. And so as you began to get revelation, you began to get revelation, not because, not because, not because I'm good at expounding on these things, because you all know good and well that I'm not the best preacher, I'm not the best teacher, but as we begin, as I begin to preach and as I begin to minister, and as the Spirit of God began to move, something began to stir in you, and these revelations began to come out of your spirit and make your mind fruitful. Glory to God. Your, your receiving the things that God has for you are extremely dependent upon your willingness to allow the Spirit of God to bring revelation to you concerning these things. Because as much as, much as I've taught on it, as much as I've preached on it in the past, some of you got a, got a place in your head, you've reached a place of mental ascent, but you've never caught that revelation. Or if you caught the revelation, you never cultivated that revelation. You never really nurtured that revelation. You didn't take time to, uh, to focus on and emphasize and magnify that revelation until that revelation grew in you and took root in you and became, uh, became life-changing for you. You know, there are people that, are, uh, there are people that get born again that become Christians. Do you know the only way you can get born again is through revelation? You can't just get born again because you take a hankering to get born again. 
The Bible tells us that. The Bible says no man can be born again or can come to the Lord except the Spirit draw him. In other words, until the Holy Ghost gives them a revelation of their need of a Savior. Until the Holy Spirit comes and, con you know what conviction is? Conviction is a revelation. A revelation that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Conviction is a revelation. Well, when you get that revelation of conviction, you can be born again. There are people that walk an aisle and pray a prayer without that conviction and there's no life change. But then there are those that get that conviction, they get that revelation of their need of a Savior, they walk an aisle and they're transformed. They pass from death unto life. That's why we can come to church and you can have this broad spectrum of people, people that have, people that have really truly been born again. And you can tell they've been born again because their, uh, their life smacks of the, of, the, of the life of God and the nature of God and, and uh, of salvation. And then you see other people and it's like they just go to church. Because it's only by revelation that transformation happens. It's only by revelation that we, can, uh, that we can enter into the things that God has. It's why some of you struggle. It's why some of you struggling financially. You got it in your head, but you hadn't yet got it got in that revelation in your spirit. Oh, amen. Hey, I'm going to help you today. I know, you're, I know I'm telling you stuff I've told you before, but I'm, I'm definitely going to help you today. This is going to help you big time. And so we know, we know what revelation is, and we've, we've got to have it. So let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, uh, uh, go to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 30. Oh, I may be able to get through this quick. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 32. We, we talk about this when we talked about, I think we, when we talked about uh, homologio. Um. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. Now notice, notice what this says. Uh, if thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil. Say thought evil. It's important what you think. It's important what you think. You know what revelation really, when you get a revelation, do you know what, the, what that revelation really is? <laughs> it's a thought. It comes to you. It comes, it, comes, it comes in your thought. It comes out of your spirit and into your thoughts. And so Satan wants to control your thoughts. God wants to control your thoughts. Do you know why? Because whatever you think about the longest or the most, you're going to become. Whatever you think on the most, you're going to become. Listen, you are a product of what you have allowed to run rampant in your mind. Amen. If you're insecure, it's because you've allowed insecurity. Amen. You know, I've had people try to fat shame me, and I'm not ashamed of being fat. You know why? It's not on my mind. It's not, it's not a part of my, you know, some people, I, I went to a doctor one time when Annie and I were trying to have babies. Uh, her, her name was Yvonne Fine, and she wasn't that fine. She was, <laughs> she's, she's dead now, but anyhow, 
I'm not being ugly. She's old and wrinkly, and she's, she's, she's ancient. I, she's probably 80 years old. But she looked at me, and, and she, we said, we talked about having a baby. And she said, are you in any condition to have a baby? I said, well, I'm not, but she is. She says, have you really thought about this? Because to me, you know, you're not, you're not even taking care of yourself. And I'm like, you talking to me? She goes, yeah. She says, have you looked in the mirror lately? I said, yeah. She said, well, what did you think? I said, I thought, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I said, I thought I'm a hunk of hunk of burning love. That's what I thought. I told her straight ahead. I told her that. And she was like, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I said, I said, why? She said, you're just a fat slob. I said, she don't think so. She wants to have a baby with me. You know, the devil wants to control your thoughts. He wants to control how you think. He wants to control how you think about yourself. He wants to control how you think about others. He knows that if he can get you, oh, see, abaya, oh, robo sekeche. He knows if he can get you and get your mind uh, on, a, on, a, on a track that doesn't lead to what God has for you, then he's got you whooped because you will become what you think. Those things will reign in your life. They'll determine who you have fellowship with. They'll determine where you go. Most people, I'm BDB, be careful. These are new mics. Most people, Joe's like, Pastor, Pastor, please. <clears throat> Most people, they determine where they're going to go to church based on what they think in their head. Sometimes I don't want to put people to do stuff in church. You know, we, we want people to work and we want people to discover their destiny. We want people to discover what God's called them to be. But sometimes it's hard for us to put people in, into action. You know why? Because sometimes when you put people into action, their thoughts and their minds have led them in a way that won't allow them to finish anything. And you know what? If they don't finish something for me, they're not going to want to... It's like, I was telling somebody, this, I was using this example today. It's like when you borrow money from somebody and you don't pay them back. You're not over at their house every day. Hey, how's it going? No, man, if you borrow money from someone and you don't pay them back, what do you do? You avoid them. You look at the caller ID. If they're on the caller ID, you don't pick up. When you feel like you've let someone down, you try to get away from them. And that's one of the difficulties that we, that's a part of why we, in our church, why we see people dodging in and out of here and whatnot. Because some people, they, they become ashamed. They're like, I'm ashamed. I, I, I dropped the ball. Listen, don't be ashamed. Get, you need to get revenge on the devil. You need to get revenge on the devil. There's no reason. Because you know what? It's not like I'm going to be up in here like, where are you being? What's wrong with you? Why are you being no, we're trying to help people win. So we got to be careful what we let go through our minds. Guess what? I know, I know, I know you're going to have difficulties. I know that you're going to set out to do some things and you're going to fail. You know how I know? Because I do. I have difficulties. 
I fail. I start thinking, listen, if I avoided Hilda, every, I've told Hilda all kinds of stuff. And Hilda's like, okay, Pastor. I'm going to encourage you. But she's watched me, she's watched me say I'm going to do something and then not do it. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about to stop coming together and saying, and saying what God says, declaring what God says, believing what God says. No, I'm going to keep striving. I'm going to keep pushing until there's a change in my mind. Until, until, until I depart from my mind and I take upon myself his mind. Amen. See, revelation, revelation is when, when, when finally, after however long it is, <laughs> revelation is when we finally see what God says. When the thoughts of Christ begin to be, that's revelation. Revelation for us as believers is when the thoughts of God begin to come into our minds. Amen. So let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Genesis chapter 3, it says, now, we're going to use Eve as an example here. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Next verse. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, number one, uh, she, that's not what the Lord really said. And, you know, Adam kind of failed there. But anyway, verse 4. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Let's keep blaming the woman. And the serpent said, <laughs> and the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Next verse. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Next verse. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, what? here's what the serpent when the serpent uh, was speaking to Eve, the serpent told Eve that God was trying to keep something back from her. There's something that God is trying to keep from you. When you're in the flesh, when you're, in the, when you, when you're over there in your own mindset, in your own ideas, the devil be coming all the time trying to say, you can't have this, you can't have that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And he puts in your mind the things that are going to lead you away from what God really has for you. So Satan, he was, he, was trying to, he was trying to convince Eve that God was holding back on him. That God was trying to keep something away from him. But what God had done was he had hidden all that he was going to do with her in her. And that he wanted to... Bring that forth through revelation. 
God hadn't kept nothing from Eve. Everything he had for Eve was in her. Hidden. Waiting to be revealed. Are y'all hearing me today? Deuteronomy 29, 29. Look what it says. Oh, boy, you write these down. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Look what it says. Oh. It's going to look so. There it is. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. See, God has hidden his word. He's put his spirit in you. He's hidden his word in you. You know, the Bible says that these mysteries of God, they weren't hidden from us, but they were hidden for us. These revelations of God, these deep things of God, they weren't, they weren't deep to, to keep them from us. God intended to bring them to us and get them through us. Let me, let's tie another verse into this. New Testament verse. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. Oh. Colossians 1, 26. It says, it says this. And talking about the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. In other words, what's been hidden is now revealed. What's been hidden is now revealed. Say revelation. revelation. See, in order for you to walk in the fullness of God, in the fullness of what he has for you, you've got to allow revelation to come forth out of your being. You've got to let that which God... You, you know, I'm going to help you here for sure. I'm about to help you big time. I'm about to help you all big time right now on what I'm about to say. God doesn't want just to reveal it to you. God wants to think through you. God wants to, <laughs> God wants to think through you. God wants you to give him control of your thoughts. So that he can put his thoughts in you. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's, uh, let's look at, uh, ooh, revelation is when, revelation is when you let God think through you. He'll take you farther if you just let him think through you. Uh, go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, and I can't remember uh, exactly where, I'll tell you here in a second. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Man, I left that hanky somewhere. It's in my office probably. Glory to God. Has anyone noticed that uh, the Bible app is becoming more difficult? Please remind me to tell the Bible app man to go back to what, go back, go back, go back. I'll go back to where you were. <laughs> that was a blues clues for those of you that didn't watch. 
Isaiah chapter 55, Isaiah chapter 55, verse uh, 9, Isaiah 55, verse 9. Is, is, is everybody getting this so far? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Thank you. For as, high, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, revelation is the exposure of a higher way of thinking. A higher level of thinking. That higher level of thinking will reveal a higher level of life. Are y'all hearing me today? So God's, God's uh, thoughts are revelation. That revelation are, that, that we receive from the Lord is thinking on a higher level than what man thinks. Glory to God. So when God thinks through you, he thinks through you on a higher level than you're capable of thinking. When you have the mind of Christ, then you're thinking on a... I'm not messing y'all up, am I? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make it as simple as I can. When you have the mind of Christ, when you have the mind of Christ, that means now all of a sudden you start thinking on a different level, on a, diff, on a higher level. Now all of a sudden you're thinking on that level that will cause you to tap into the resources that God intended to supply to you uh, throughout your... Amen. That, that's, that's how you bring heaven to earth. That's how you tap into the flow of the anointing that you're going to need for ministry. You know what? You don't just heal the sick by going around and laying hands on sick people. You lay hands on the sick by getting a revelation. By thinking on a different level. Listen, when, when you start thinking the God kind of thoughts, you'll start pulling people up out of wheelchairs without a second thought. If you lean on your own flesh and on your own thinking, you're going to leave them sitting right there for fear of a lawsuit. Amen. That's, that's why when people say, well, we got to use wisdom when it comes to COVID. Whose wisdom are you talking about? You thought you'd make it a week without me saying anything, huh? Whose thoughts are you, whose, whose wisdom are you talking about? Because the Bible says that we're not, that when Paul was preaching, he said, my preaching, my teaching is not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but a demonstration of the spirit and the power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God doesn't want us walking in the wisdom of men. I mean, in the absence of God, you, you better use wisdom. In the absence of God, you better use your wisdom. If God is absent from your life, if you're not living a surrendered life to the Lord, if you're not living in fellowship with Him, if you haven't given your thoughts over to God, boy, you, be, you better work it out. You might end up dead. But when you're functioning over there in the wisdom of God, oh, oh yeah. glory to God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Glory to God. Are y'all hearing me today? That, that's, that's why we talk, when we talked about mask wearing, last, when did we talk about that? Wednesday? Was it Wednesday that we talked about it? Boy, I wish y'all had been here Wednesday. Lots of stuff. Happened. We talked about mask wearing. You know, people get uncomfortable when I get up here and talk about masks. 
Because I, because I say different, I say different stuff. Here's the thing. Here's, here's what I think about masks. I don't want one. I don't want a mask on my face. You know why? I'm fat. It's hard to breathe. I know some people are like, well, you, you'd rather die? Well, I ain't going to die. But I'm not against people wearing masks. You know what I am against? I'm against you wearing a mask if you're afraid you're going to get sick. If you don't wear a mask because you're afraid that you're being controlled, <laughs> guess what? You're just as bad as the person wearing a mask because they're afraid they're going to get sick. Fear is fear. And we're not supposed to live by fear. We're supposed to live by faith. Okay. Heard that guy the other night talk about it, didn't we, Cherie? I talked about it Wednesday. He talked about it uh, Friday. So he did. He, did, he had some good things to say. <laughs> we don't live by fear. We live by faith. Amen. Amen. See, why does it always get quiet when we talk about these particular things? You can't be motivated by fear. Amen. You say, well, I, I'm, wearing a, I'm wearing a mask out of caution for others because I feel sick and I don't want them to get sick. That's what, that's what happened with Melody. She, she came, she tested, you know, positive for COVID. She came, when she came back to church, she came with a mask. You know why? She didn't want to get her germs on people. Had nothing to do with fear. Had nothing to do with that. She's like... I'm, 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 I don't want to get my germs on people. I'm just going to wear this mask. I don't want to get my germs on anybody. Appreciate that. Amen. But you know, if she'd come in here in fear, I'd, I'd, I'd try to eventually come and talk to her and say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're not going to, you know you're not going to die. You didn't die, did you? You lived. And your, bro your brother's going through a struggle, but we've, we've spoken life into him. Amen. Okay. We believe he's going to be okay. Praise God. Yes, Seth, he's fine, isn't he? He's fine. He's working. Okay. He's fine. He's living. We're living. Amen. We're not going to be afraid. Right. We're not, and we're not going to be afraid. Listen, you say, you're against masks. No, I'm not. If I have to wear a mask to go get something to eat, I'm going to wear a mask because ain't nothing going to keep me from eating. I'll wear seven masks to get in my favorite restaurant. You understand what I'm saying? I'll put a mask wherever you want me to put it as long as I get in the door. You know what I'm talking about? But, you know, some people, they want to politicize. They want to make it something. that, that it's a, Here's the thing. You, you just got to steer clear of getting outside of the boundaries of the Word of God. People that wear masks aren't going to take the mark of the beast. Y'all need to quit being dumb. Uh, you know what I'm saying? People that people that took a shot for vaccination, they're not going to take the mark. They're, oh, they, mom, you're, you're, look at you, boy! You took that shot awfully quick. Bless God, yeah. You're going to hell because surely you're going to take the mark of the beast. No, that wasn't the mark of the beast. Some people in our church, Joe, do you mind if I use you as an example? Some of the people in our church had choices to make. Joe came to me. He asked me for, for a letter of exemption. 
because he, he's military, and he didn't want to take the vaccination. He felt very strongly about it, as strongly as I feel about it. I, I don't want to, number one, I don't want any kind of vaccination. You know what? If I go to Africa, guess what I'm going to have to take? You know why? Because you can't go to Africa without vaccination. So you ain't going to do the work. If God called you to Africa, guess what you're going to get? Woohoo! We are not anti-vaxxers. You know what? If God called me to Africa, I'm like, just stick it in there, man. Just get it done. Because that's how I'm going to get to Africa. If God, if, you know what? If God called thee to Africa, get thee to Africa! And trust God. Given a choice, I ain't taking those. I don't want a shot. I don't like to get, I don't like to, people to mess with a hangnail. You understand what I'm saying? I don't, <laughs> I don't like for Annie to dig splinters out of my fingers. It's like, just let it come out. Let it come out by itself. She'd be coming at me with a needle. I'm like, no, no, no. Let it work its way out. It'll come. I'm going to run it under some water. Let it come out. <laughs> but you know, Joe, he's like, I, don't, I just don't feel right about this. I'm like, well, Joe, I don't either. So I wrote him a letter. I told him what our beliefs were. I told him what we didn't want. We didn't want. You know what they told Joe? They said, vax or get out. So Joe had a decision to make. You know what? You know, he, he, uh, he, he thought this. He thought, well, you know, my job is more important than probably me. And, and the Lord knows, the Lord knows if this was something that, he, that I needed to stand on, if it was something that God said stand on it, then I would stand on it. But you know what? I don't think it's that big of a deal. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the shot and be done with it. So he did. He's not going to die in three years. Although he may be entitled to a settlement, you know. Or, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know I'm messing with you, Joe. <laughs> so so y'all get the picture? We, we, we've got to let God think his thoughts through us. His thoughts have to. You know when that word, when that word in Isaiah said, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his way higher than our way. You know what that, you know that, what that scripture was insinuating? It was insinuating that God had always, in, God always intended for our thoughts to be like his thoughts and for our ways to be like his ways. And it wasn't his fault that it didn't remain that way. It was because Eve gave herself over to her own thoughts and allowed Satan to manipulate her thoughts that we ever lost that place that we had in the garden. The Bible calls Jesus the last Adam. Do you know what that means? God, through Jesus, wanted to restore through the last Adam what the first Adam lost. Amen. Where did I tell you to go? First Corinthians, right? I'm almost, okay, let's finish up with this. So, so say this with me. Say, my thoughts will be his thoughts. Therefore, making his ways my ways. 
See, that's revelation. That's revelation. When you live according to now, see, revelation will mess with you. Because revelation will tell you to do something that your natural mind. Your nat your, 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 revelation will tell you to give that $5 that you need for gas. You know, you know what your mind wants to say when you have someone who's a multimillionaire come to you and say, I want to partner with you, but you don't have to invest no money. And in three years, I'm turning over a multi-million dollar company to you. You know what your natural mind wants to say? Stupid. That's stupid. At somewhere I'm going to get burned here. That's what your mind said. But how? How when you've invested no money? How when, how when all you have to, when you look at it and then you start to think, you're like, this is, <laughs> it defies logic. It, 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 and there's some people, Eric, Eric put out there, I'll make you a millionaire. You come to me, I need three people. I need three people that I can pour into. You would think he would have three million people. Hit him up on social media and say, he, he made him a guarantee. I guarantee I can make you, I can, you can make a million dollars. I guarantee it. And if you, the first person make a million, I'm buying you Rolex. You know, all people, you know, all some people could do, well, must be nice. That's where their minds are. <laughs> must be not being able to buy people Rolex. My God, I'm detached today. Detached or Attached. Maybe they're detached from the world system and hooked up with the word system. You know what? I want, I want, I want 10,000 more people that have the boldness to get online and say, I can make you a million. You just let me pour into you. I, I guarantee you, you can make a million dollars if you'll practice these principles, if you'll do what I tell you to do. And then when you do it, I will reward you. But it don't make, you know why? You know why that, you, Eric, it's not because it wasn't a God idea. It's not because the Lord didn't, because you got some people that hooked up with you. It's not because it wasn't a God idea that it didn't, that it, that it didn't do what you thought it would do. Because in your mind, you thought, this will explode here. It's because people are like Eve. They let Satan control their mind. They don't see opportunity. They don't hear the mind of God. They don't see that God is able and they miss out. Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> they'll be lost people, sinners. People that don't know Jesus, that'll connect. And because Eric teaches them principles of the Word of God and principles of sales, whether they're a Christian or whether they're lost, they're going to be swimming in a ton of money. Well, you know, a million dollars is awful lofty. What if he, what if he taught you to make half that? What if he taught you to make a quarter of that? What if he missed the mark and you only made a quarter of a million dollars? <laughs> I mean, you only made a quarter of a million. That's about 200,000 more than most of you make. You know, the worst, the worst Annie could do, and we were, we were talking about, the worst Annie could do in this business, the way that it's set up, the worst she could do is make a quarter of a million dollars a year. That's the worst she could do. That's the worst she could, and that's when she's, and that's when she's not 
in control of the company. That's when she's the small partner, when she's the 30% partner. But when she becomes 70% partner, that increases exponentially. After four years, well, guess what? That's a quarter of a million dollars we didn't have. You want, to know, you want to know the truth about it? We don't need another quarter of a million, but we'll take it. Amen. We'll take it. You know why? Because that's his thoughts. To, his thoughts. To, glory to God. I, I got one more scripture. I got one more. Glory to God. I was going to quit, but. Ah, 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 ah. Is this helping anybody? Glory. Oh, where's my notebook here? Hey, 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 hey. Jeremiah 29, 11. I gave this to the leadership. Jeremiah 29, 11. <laughs> for, I, for I know the thoughts. Glory to God. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God is thinking thoughts toward you. And they're not thoughts of poverty. And they're not thoughts of bondage. And they're not thoughts of sickness. And they're not thoughts of failure. And they're not thoughts of disease. Are you hearing me today? God is thinking thoughts toward Winner's Church. And it's not thoughts of us remaining the same here in this place. God's thinking greater thoughts than what we're... Are y'all hearing me today? God doesn't see you and think. God is not thinking about you in your current condition. God has not thought you in. God has not thought you in the place that you are presently at in life. God has a different thought for you. I know the thoughts that I, I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Glory to God. Put it in the English Standard Version. Oh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. God hadn't thought you into the place where you're at. God's thoughts for you are way higher than what you've been thinking. They go way farther than what you've gone. They've done far more than what you've done. He's not finished with you yet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There are many of you that are about to enter into the million flow. Glory. Glory. I know you don't know how. I, don't, I know you don't know where. I know you don't know when. But he is thinking these thoughts toward you. And he will reveal them if you'll walk in that spirit of revelation. Glory to God. Boy, I'm preaching right now. Well, that's it. Amen. That's all I had. Stand up all over the place. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. I, I know I dreamed about I know I dreamed about you having that I know I dreamed about you getting them three jobs, 15 million dollars. And it was from the Lord. I know it was from, that, that, I know that came out of the mind of God. I know it did. 
you go to thinking God thoughts, man, and your body is going to snap into shape. Amen. I'm going to have Teddy, I'm going to have Debbie move out for two weeks. <laughs> Debbie's like, glory. <laughs> She's like, can you put me up at the Omni? <laughs> yeah, get it. <laughs> get you working your faith, Ted. Instead of working Debbie so hard. <laughs> he knows I'm messing with him. The Ted just looks at me like, man, I hope something crazy don't come out of his mouth. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Do you receive this here today? You know, there are some people, and I've, I've witnessed this, and Sheree's witnessed it, and Tyler's witnessed it, Martin's, and many of you have witnessed this. There are people, they preach these messages for the purpose of personal gain or for trying to raise funds. And listen, I'm not knocking them because... Some preachers, you know, they came up, they came up, uh, and they were taught that if you're going to, you know, if you're going to meet your budget, if you're going to make it, you have to, you know, you have to do these certain things. You have to sell fish hooks from Peter's tackle box, you know, toothpicks carved out of the cross of Jesus, you know, give away trinkets for your love gift of $100, you know, I'm going to send you this Bible. Or they hand out, you know, $1,000 envelopes, $100 envelopes, Friday night it was... $50 or 600 I think. I want you to give either one, you know, 50 for Jubilee, 600 for I don't remember what. <laughs> All these numbers mean something. 1.6 million means a, uh, <laughs> a, a diamond DA-62. That's a twin-engine airplane with seven seats. That's the, that's the, that's the number of DA-62. <laughs> But you know we're 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 not we're not really we're not really trying to do that here. That's not what we're doing. I'm trying to equip you with what is necessary for you to live in that place that the Lord has prepared for you. That is a place of blessing and not curse. A place where you're able to do all that God desires you to do, has called you to do, has anointed you to do, has equipped you to do. Blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you need a car right now, claim your car in the name of Jesus. You came, you didn't have a car today, did you? We'll claim a car for you in Jesus' name. Let's believe God for transportation for people that need it. Let's believe God for transportation for people that need it. And not some, listen, let's get our faith on something good, not something junky. Now, we don't want to, I mean, we don't want to get crazy and get you in a car you can't afford the insurance on. You know what I'm saying? Or you got to get your faith on insurance and the car, you know. I mean, you could pay cash for a Tesla and then just get liability, I reckon. I mean, whatever. You, you, you do whatever you want. And Don's like, please buy a Tesla. <laughs> buy two. Amen. <laughs> but... You know, we, we, need to, we need to stretch out. How many of you need a car today? Let's believe God as we got. So uh, I'm barely seeing Carolyn there. <laughs> I got you. Amen. So I, in the name of Jesus, we call in cars for these people that need them. Now, Lord, this is not even just what we desire. This is the need. 
And so we declare, Lord, car cometh in the name of Jesus. Lord, don't let these folks miss out on their blessing. May they, may they tune their ear to hear the Spirit. And may they obey you, God. And may they receive of you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, how many of you want babies? Glory to God. We got a few in here that want babies. So in the name of Jesus. <laughs> put your hand on her head, game pray. <laughs> we call in them babies in the name of Jesus. Oh, babies cometh in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. Oh, many said a borosopoyo. Baby boom this year in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. But here's what I'm going to declare, though. I declare a spirit of revelation come upon you in the name of Jesus. I declare in Jesus' name that that spirit of revelation is going to cause you to think the thoughts of God. That you're going to let the Lord think through you. His thoughts. That he's going to reveal his ways. Uh, and you're going to walk in the fullness of his blessing. That the anointing. Who shall it pray? That there'll be no limit to the anointing. And the access to the anointing. That'll bring in the harvest in these last days in Jesus name. That, that every lost one in Oklahoma City will begin to hear the good news preached under the anointing of the Spirit and have the opportunity for a life change. That the anointing to minister healing to the sick will be manifested and will be revealed, Lord, through all those that will go and do. That supernatural provision and prosperity, the million flow, will come to your people. Lord, not, not, not for our sake, but Lord, for the sake of your kingdom and the furtherance of the ministry that you called each and every one of us to in the name of Jesus. So Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for the privilege that we have uh, to be able to be here in your presence, hearing your word, receiving of your word, believing you uh, to walk in the fullness of it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Everybody that believed it said amen. Listen, get your... Get your uh, tithe, your offering together. We're seeing, we didn't do that at the beginning. We'll do that now. Uh, get, uh, if, you're, uh, if you need an envelope, if you lift your hand, Brother Don will get you an envelope, I'm sure. If you need an envelope, lift your hand. If you're giving cash, giving checks, uh, however you want to give, um, uh, make sure you, you at least try to fill out an envelope. It will definitely uh, benefit you, especially at the end of the year on your taxes. Or you can text to give Winners Church. Uh, text the keyword Winners Church 77977 uh, on your mobile device, and it will, uh, it will direct you to a place where you can uh, give. Amen. Amen. Um, it's, not all, it's not just about giving. It really isn't. But, man, it's a blessing. It is a blessing. Ask some of you, listen, some of y'all need to ask some people that have big given big seeds, how does it feel to sow a big seed? Liberating, isn't it? Yes. 
you know, first ones to bless us with a huge sea was Nikki and Lewis. I'm, I'll never forget the day. We was, is, well, we was in our first month, I think. Yep, 2012. For, we was in our first month of being a church. Or No, no, no. Second year. The second, what, what was it? it? Yeah, it was first month. First, first year. First year. And, but I'll never forget the day that, that uh, someone brought me the total of the offering. I looked at it. I said, is that right? I said, then isn't this supposed to be like uh, uh, 4,400? It was like, no, that's really what came in. It's $44,000 a total, you know, for everything. And I was like, where did all that come from? Well, Nikki and Lewis dumped about 35, 37 grand in the offering. A tithe. It was a tithe. As their tithe. You, you don't mind me telling that, dear. It's too late. It's out. It's too. But you know what? Is there's there's something that ha, there's something that happens in you. Well, now don't listen, y'all. Don't look at don't look at me and, and be like uh, he just he always talks about people giving them big offerings. Well, no. Some of you know whether what you gave was significant or not. You know, some some people a thousand dollar seed is significant. It might as well be a million. Some people, $100 might as well be a million. Some people, they give $45,000, they ain't giving nothing. You know, some people, they, they write a check for forty five grand, and they had, I had, I had a doctor come to me we, when we were buying the Cirrus, uh, when we were buying the Cirrus that Michael flies now, and we were getting ready to buy the Cirrus, we, we needed $70,000. We were believing God for seventy grand, And I was in a church, a small church, smaller than our church. And I told the people, I said, everything that comes in is going toward the airplane. Well, at the end of the, at the, end of the revival, three days, we was there for three days, $22,000 had come in. And um, so I announced, I said, listen, y'all blessed us big time. $22,000 is a lot of money from a small group of people. Those people, they got over there and they did something that was miraculous. It was, it was miraculous. But there was a doctor there, a neurosurgeon. And he, I noticed that when, it, when I said it, he, was, he went like this. And his wife looked at him, and they both looked at each other like they were disappointed. And after service, the pastor called me over because he was talking to this neurosurgeon and his wife. And, the, and that doctor came to me. He said, hey, listen, man. He said, um, he said you know, uh, why, he said, why were you so happy about $22,000? I said, dude, it's twenty two grand. Are you kidding? Man, that, that's $22,000. Less that we need toward the aircraft. He said, yeah, but it wasn't what you, it wasn't what you needed. I said, listen, what things soever I desire when I pray, I believe I receive them, I'll have them. I said, God will supply every need that we have according to his riches and glory. I said, now, if it didn't come in today, it'll come in. He said, well, he said, count it as done. He said, me and my wife, we couldn't get out of here tonight. He said, uh, he said, I looked at her, she looked at me, and we thought, you know, how can we leave here knowing we have that much money in our checking account, has nowhere to go, we have nothing to do with it, we don't have any bills to pay, we got nothing, it's just sitting there in our checking account, it's fun money, what, wh who would we be to leave here with that in our account? We'll write you a check for the other 50. They just wrote a check for 50 grand. So did. You know what? That 50 grand didn't mean not a thing to them. That they left there. You know what? They didn't miss it. They went and ate. They went and did their deal. They, didn't, they weren't like, how are we going to pay the bill? It, it, it was nothing. 
See, so it, it's, just, it's just where people are at, you know. Some of you, if you sow $10, you know you've done something. Some of you, if you sow 100 you know you've done something. Some of you, you already out there. You're, you're out there where you're really. So let's, as we sow our tithe, that belongs to the Lord. And as you sow your offerings, I want you to trust God. And don't you feel, listen, don't you feel bad for where you're at. You start where you're at. Don't be ashamed of where you're at. Don't be ashamed to drop 20 in the Listen, don't do that. You drop that in there, you be glory to God. You know, I started at five bucks, and when I sold that five dollars, it might as well have been five million. That first five dollars I it hurt. I had to I had to tighten my belt. I had to five dollars. That's a lot of money. I sold it. Then $20 became a lot. Then 100 And now, you know, we write checks for 10 It don't mean nothing. But that, you, you grow. You progress. Don't ever, listen, don't ever allow shame to keep you. Get your thinking right. Get your thinking right. And, and I, only, I, only, I only have these folks and tell these folks testimony to encourage your faith. Because guess what? Every one of these people that sowed that way, every last one of them started out at $2, $5. 56. Amen. We was talking about it with Michael and Twyla last night and how far the Lord has brought them. I'm going to tell you something, man. God has brought us a long, long way. But we haven't arrived. Let's not rest on our laurels. Amen. All right, you ready? Let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we always supersede. I'm sorry. Week number eight? Is it eight? I thought it was nine. Week number eight for supersede. Uh, if you have supersede to sow, sow it. Father, we thank you for the privilege. I pray, God, your blessing upon each offering and each uh, tithe and each individual that's sowing. Lord, for those that are struggling uh, in their finances, those that are struggling to make ends meet, we're praying, God, that your blessing will overtake them today. Uh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to be able to participate in the economy of heaven. So as we give, Lord, may it uh, be... Uh, given unto us according to your word. Good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over. Uh, may men give into our bosom with the same measure that we meet with all may be measured unto us. In Jesus' name, everybody that believed it said amen. amen. You can come, you can bring your offering, uh, bring your tithe if you need to. If you need to do that, some of you have already texted it and, and given it through text. If you have a visitor's card, you can bring it. Listen, what a great day. Thank God. I don't want you all to think that, I know that I haven't been having altar service as much during this uh, series of teachings, but don't get used to it, because we're, when you least expect it, we're going, it's going to break out, we're going to blow up, and you're going to be here till 2.30, so, uh, but let's, uh, I am going to turn you loose, only because in my spirit, I don't have anything else, so, uh, listen, I love you, I thank God for you, we are here this Wednesday. Wednesday nights have been dynamite. This Wednesday, I, I wish everyone had been here. It was, the Lord really took us someplace uh, that was really awesome. So uh, if you miss it, make sure that you catch it online um, so you can hear the word and, and uh, be blessed by it. But listen, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. Next Sunday, Sherlock Valley will be here. This is Rachel's daddy, and he is going to be preaching our faces off. Amen. Well, actually, he's a teacher, isn't he? He's more of a teacher. He'll preach or teach, so we'll, we're going we're gonna to let him. We're going to let him, and 
Uh, I'm not guaranteeing that he's going to turn you loose like me. Uh, I think he might get his hands on you, and some of you might want him to. Uh, so we're, we're, we're expecting the Lord to do great things here next week. I am very, very excited about uh, Brother uh, Bally coming and blessing us in the name of Jesus. So uh, invite someone to come that you know needs a touch from God next week. Let them know we're having a special service. Invite them to come to be a part of that service. Make sure that if you do need special prayer that you get with one of the elders, myself, Annie, uh, David, Hilda, Miss Rhonda. We'll be happy to pray for you and minister to you before uh, we get out of here. So anyhow, Wednesday night, uh, next Sunday, of course, everything is as scheduled uh, normally. I love you guys. Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I'll see you guys back here Wednesday night in Jesus' name.